Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 39th episode of VisionCon Live, your go-to nerdy talk show. I'm your host, Zach Wilson, but you didn't come here to see me today. You can see the man of the hour. He's Garp from One Piece, Elias from Ancient Magus Bride, Macau from Fairytale, just to name a few. He's a legendary actor, voice actor, musician. The list goes on. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the one, the only, Brian Mathis. Brian Yeah, a. thanks, Zach. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> How are we I'm doing today? To be here. Oh, man, I'm so good. I'm, I'm so happy to be here amongst all this madness and talk to you and all these great people. So this is, this is awesome. This is a treat for me. Oh, my God. Well, when I initially reached out to you, I was psyched when you got back to me. But I will say, and if any of the reps at Behind the Voice Actor are watching this, you dropped the ball. Because, because when I emailed you, I emailed you, you know, a list of characters that I was a genuine fan of. Uh -huh. There was one that they, that behind the voice actors left out that I definitely would have included that I did not find out until I, you know, IMDb'd you for, you know, for posterity. And that, of course, is Elias from Ancient Magus Bread. That's not on, on behind the voice actors? What? Shame on it's them. Crazy. So, but we'll talk to that in a minute, guys. Yeah. But I did want to start out by Brian. You are massively successful in the entertainment industry in a bunch of different avenues. You're quite the tour de force, but I wanted Thank to you. ask you how we got here. You know, was this always the plan to be, you know, so successful in all these different avenues or did something happen later in life that kind of brought you to today? Oh man, that's, that's a really good question. And I, I feel like, I feel like I'm always trying to figure it out, you know, sure. um, because, you know, uh, public perception of, of how uh, people appear to be doing and they're whatever, whether they're, a, a, you know, a plumber or a teacher or, or an actor or, or the president of the United States. Anyway, um, you know, I, I think it's just it's just part of that journey. We all uh, we all make plans and we make goals that I want to be able to do this and I want to be able to do that. I want to try that. Oh, I'm not very good at that. Okay, well I'm going to do more of this, uh, or I'm I'm going to take this kind of path in my career right now. So uh, I had always wanted to do voiceover. Um, oh, so my Google is talking back to me. Okay, great. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, she's given me results of something. Um, uh, I, you know, I'd always wanted to do a little bit of everything in the entertainment business. Um, and, uh, the, the voice world that, that universe has always been very, very tiny. And now that universe has gotten even tinier but with more planets okay okay <laughs> because there are so many voice actors out there that are doing this from home now and that are doing this remotely they're doing it um uh, via source connect and things like that so the pool of talent is enormous so that's uh, the challenge the, there's quite a challenge out there uh because there's lots and lots and lots of really talented people um but as far as that, far as the path and the journey, it's, it's that um, I'm still trying to figure it out, man. Sure. And uh, I, I, I'm, I am always, I am so happy when I am cast and I am always surprised when I am not. So that is, uh, that's one, that's kind of, that's one of, that's one of my mantras. So, yeah. So what but, do you think was your first big break in the voice acting industry? We got a bunch of characters that we're going to talk about during this interview, but what was, yeah. what do you think was your first big one? Um, I think the first big one is probably going to be, um, a character of, uh, Kiro in a show called Hero Tales that was directed by Tyler Walker. And uh, I loved that show. I got to play this kind of uh, warrior sensei kind of kind of guy. And I, you know, I just I don't know if it. I don't think it made very much noise, but I thought it was a great show, and I uh, I was one of the main characters in that. 
And, um, but I had done, you know, up to that point I had done for, just for the Funimation folks, I had done lots and lots of, of tiny parts and, and things like that. And that was the, probably the, the first big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a show called Torico. Okay. And I'm not sure if you or the fans or anybody are very familiar with that. It was a show about food. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, a, and a planet that had massive fruit and vegetables and massive beasts. And uh, we were, these characters were going around and, 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 and collecting these food items and that sort of thing and then fighting <laughs> off the wild beasts and turning them into food and things like sure. that um and i played a character named mansom um and that's where i really got to know uh uh, uh kyle phillips uh with uh ancient magus bride mm-hmm. and i think he wanted to ask me about that later but that's we'll get there but uh Tor- yeah. you said it was Torico. uh-huh kind of sounds to me like Torico walked so food wars could run <laughs> I like that. That would look good on a t-shirt. There you go. There you go. If anybody, any t-shirt designers are watching right now, get to it. Well, <laughs> speaking of the big characters, I did want to talk about three in particular. Now, the first one is very near and dear to my heart, especially recently, and that, of course, is Vice Admiral Garp from One Piece. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a bunch of people watching right now are fans of One Piece, or at least have heard of it. It's one of the most popular shonen animes out there. And you voice one of the main father figures to the main protagonist, Luffy. And I wanted to ask you, what was your kind of experience with the character? Oh, man. Okay. So, first of all, I think it's really important to tell uh, younger actors (laughs) when they go into the studio and they have been cast in a role it's very important that you realize that if you make a vocal choice, you're going to have to stick with it. (laughs) Now, so um, I had no idea how big of a character Garp was going to be. And they had, and this is a few years ago. So I've forgotten, I mean, what the, the initial session was, but, um, but I just remember that I had made this vocal choice and that's what they went with. And then I realized, oh, I've got to maintain this sound and, and combine that whenever I'm yelling or screaming along with the vocal inflection that I've done. So, uh, yeah. Um, so anytime that I get asked to, uh, come in and do uh, either a new episode or things like that. I kind of have to mentally prepare my voice to, to go in there and, and go down to the basement and gravel around in my, in my voice. So. Definitely has that gravelly feel to it. But would you say uh, he's a very dynamic character? It's definitely oh, yeah. one note. He has a large range of emotions that he, he doesn't hide well. So are there anything, any characteristics about Garb that you find you kind of share? Um, I think it's, you know, he's, it's, he's, he's trying to be that, 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 uh, that father and that grandpa, most importantly, that grandpa type. And I'm not there yet in my life with the grandpa thing. Uh, but, uh, I, I, I could, I could see where that would be, uh, quite the challenge after not knowing that you had uh, sure. the, the grandson, you know, for so long. And then all of a sudden your grandpa. Um, so I, I think he, I, I think he's conflicted like a lot of, a lot of dads and granddads are sometimes, you know, they're just, they're just, they're just trying to get along, get by and do the right thing for their kids or their grandkids. Most guys are. <laughs> so uh i think i think that's the, that would be the thing that i most identify with is you're you're just taking it day by day and trying to do the do the thing it doesn't know? make it any easier when your grandson wants to be king of the pirates 
Right. <laughs> well, the next character I want to talk about, and it's another one that's very dear, near and dear to my heart, but for kind of a different reason. And that, of course, is Elias from Ancient Magusbride. Now, or Magusbride, I always mess that up. Now, I want to be honest with you, Brian. So we had Danny Chambers on the show way back when, who plays Chise, you know, your co-star. And I told her when I reached out to her initially that, oh my God, I was a huge fan of Chise, or your, you as Chise from Ancient Magus Bride. Uh, not, her not knowing until I admitted it to her later, that was a bold-faced lie. I'd never seen the show, I had heard about it, but just never really gave it much thought. But before the interview, the week leading up, I was like, you know what, you know, I'll, just so I have some knowledge about the character, I'll watch a couple episodes. Oh god! And I binged it. I finished it. It was so good. I, it was better than I ever thought it would be. It's beautifully animated. The story is incredible. And your guys' performances, next level. So I did want to ask you first how your experience was playing the, uh, the lead, Elias. Oh, man. That, that was... Uh, that, that that's probably my favorite show that I've ever done. Um, Kyle Phillips uh, cast me in that, in that role. And he, and he uh, was directing it, of course. And we, uh, we, we, we tried a couple of different approaches with Elias. Um, Cause he knew he wanted me to do it. He just wasn't quite sure how uh how he wanted elias uh, his the the timbre of his voice and his accent because we talked about maybe ha maybe having him have an a a british dialect uh, one of you know one of the literally dozens of different british dialects and we uh we tried a little bit of that and then we then we just kind of landed on the standard American uh, thing, and the thing with Danny is that she is so wonderful. First of all, she's she's a wonderful human being, and second of all, she's a marvelous actor, and she has such a great sound to her voice, and she just brings so much uh, gentleness to Chise and uh, vulnerability and child she's very childlike and um but she is not afraid to go there you know she is she really will take take you on that journey and um and she and i were never in the studio at the same time which is the case for most of us anyway um so we um i don't know if this worked out this way but i i want to say that most of the time I was playing off of her lines that had already been recorded. So that's, that's great for me. That gives me something to emotionally bounce off of, but it's doubly hard for Danny because she's just giving me choices. Um, and I just, that just shows how, how skilled she is and how skilled Kyle is to guide her and I through this process because we, we loved the finished product and um, lots of other people do too. So um, it, it was, uh, it, that was, that was a challenge because, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our stuff was so, a lot of our dialogue was so non anime. Mm -hmm. um, it was so real and conversational and sometimes soap opera ish. Um, and having having real conversations about real things, um, and then you intersperse all kinds of you know crazy fairies and the and the woolly bugs and things like that, and all of a sudden you're you're in a whole new place. But um, so that it was a big challenge, but it was but it it turned out well. Sure. Well, I did, and I was baffled, and it blew my mind when I first heard that for most dub English dubs of anime, you guys are in there by yourselves. Obviously, the sound engineers and everybody else, but as far as your fellow cast members, you often record by yourselves, which then, when you look at a show uh, like Ancient Magus Bride and see the performances of both you and Danny, or rather uh, Elias and Chise, respectively, yeah. that is even more baffling. So I, I got to ask... 
how do you make such a riveting performance in that scenario while really just playing off of what you hear that they recorded previously? Yeah, man, Zach, that is, that's a really good question. And it's, it's, it's not easy. Sure. And it's not, um, I certainly don't take it lightly. Uh, but, uh, probably the biggest thing is, is about making choices, making strong, direct choices in the booth, in the time that you're reading that script, you know, um, and also really trusting the director, the, the directors on, on these projects that I've worked on for Funimation. I don't know how long they take time to study storylines, backstory, where the story is going to end up. I, I, I don't know, but obviously they do spend time doing that because um, they really know how to pull stuff out of people. Um, um, I think we got really lucky with, uh, with, with Danny and I and Kyle because Kyle was specific of what he wanted every single time. Um, there were a few times where we tried a few things. I mean, he, you know, uh, we, we tried some options and things like that and we didn't go with that or we did, but most of the time he really knew exactly what he wanted from us. And, uh, the, when you're, when you're in the booth and it's just you and you're reading what has happened previously in the scene as your character or not. So you have an understanding of what's happening in the moment. Sure. So it's like the old days when, or now, now again, when people are starting to play records again, when you drop that needle just randomly on the record and it just starts and it picks up where it picks up. And that's the way it feels in the, that's the way it feels in the booth sometime is, uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go and we're going to push record and all of a sudden I'm in a chase scene and my adrenaline is here and I'm getting shot at. And so you, it's, it's that, it's that classic actor thing of what happened to me right, right before this, what's kind of my backstory, where are we in this exact microcosm of time and what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. And so we make a really big choice and we go with it. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, most of the time that works. And uh, sometimes you make it too bold of a choice, but that's what your director is for. You know, your director really has an understanding of where they want it, want it to go. So we really have to go in there with a big amount of trust. For sure. And speaking of trust and a character that is definitely not one note, and you definitely probably have to tug more of your actor chops on is Macau from Fairy Tale. So I did want to, before we yeah. get into the mitt and gritty, I did want to first ask you kind of what was your experience with the character? Oh man, uh, you know he was he was hard. He was hard to create uh, because he he sounds so similar to me, uh, uh, just in my um, just in my tempo and my timbre of my voice. Um, and he's not he's he's not real exciting. Um, to be to be honest, but he's a nice um, uh, opposition to to um, to his son and to Wakba and all these on these other characters. He's kind of like the most normal guy in the guild, you know. That's even though he's got even though he's got special powers, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> I so. Um, because we never played him wacky mm -hmm. or anything. He's, he's just kind of a regular guy. Mm -hmm. um, and there are, there are moments when things get a little crazy and things just like in life. But uh, yeah, that was the challenge is to make him, you know, not, not an overly done character because there's plenty of that in fairy tale already. <laughs> so I think they just, they wanted um, something a little more grounded. It's definitely more a stark contrast and definitely grounded. However, there is a certain event that I won't spoil for everybody who 
that's watching right now who hasn't finished Fairy Tale, that happens. That kind of turns Macau and has him act definitely different, a, little bit, a lot more somber than he had leading up to this. So I did want to ask you how difficult it is, maybe not just with Macau, but just in general, to formulate your performance to, like, even on a dime, fit the character's current emotional state. Well, let's see. Um, uh, well, for, first of all, he, he goes through, <laughs> he goes through quite an array of facial hair <laughs> in, in the show. So I think that is, that's, that was interesting for me is just to go, Oh, all of a sudden he has a mustache now. <laughs> oh, now, now we were back in time and he's clean shaven. Um, I think it goes back to, um, I think it goes back to the director um, really understanding where the story is chronologically, where, uh, what time frame we're in, because <clears throat> sometimes with fairy tale, especially for me, with fairy tale, you would go weeks or months before you would record another moment of Macau in fairy tale. And so a lot of times I would go into the booth and Tyler Walker would say, okay, well, here's what's happened since then. And we are, here's where we are in the future. Or here's, okay, this, or this is a flashback and blah, blah, blah. Or we're in an alternate universe or whatever they say, you know. And I think it just becomes about um, accepting whatever the truth is. Mm. and uh, trusting the director and saying, this is what's happening. This is where you are. You just, you just did this go. Mm. So um, it's, it, I'm certainly not making light of it. It's something that you kind of get used to. You get used to making choices rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever taken an improvisation class, which I highly recommend, all actors take improv. The reason they should take it is because it's the scariest thing they've ever done. But it will make you a better actor. It will make you think in the moment. It will take you out of your comfort zone. Um, and in and in the when we're recording these animes, um, we're not improvising, but we are we are having to make choices in the moment emotionally, whatever that is. So uh, it just it just gives us a jumping off place mm-hmm. rather than being told every single choice that you need to make, which no director wants to do that. They don't want to spoon, spoon feed you everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It definitely has more of an improv feel to it than, you know, just reading just like a straight script. And so... Mm-hmm. Stuff that I think is the most interesting part of it. But uh, before we continue, guys, I did want to say since we're kind of at the halfway point, plenty of you have already messaged VisionCon directly, your viewers' comments and questions. We'll get to awesome. those at the very end, but you still have time to do so. Like I said, you're about at the halfway point. So you can either message VisionCon directly or just message or uh, put it in the live chat here on Facebook. But uh, with that said, I want to talk a little bit about your music because like I said, kind of in the intro, not only are you an actor and voice actor, you're also a very accomplished musician. So I wanted to ask kind of how you got into that and where could people maybe go to find some of your stuff? Oh man, you know, I, I wish that I had some product and things for you to listen to and stuff. Most of the things that I play and sing, I, I do so much musical theater. Um, and I'm learning a lot from younger actors. They're like, oh, you've got to have a website. You've got to be posting these videos and you've got to be singing stuff. And I go, yeah, yeah, you're right. They're right. <laughs> I need to be doing that. Um, and all that stuff takes time. Um, but uh, I, I have not done any singing or playing since this whole pandemic thing started. Um, and I've, not not to be a downer it's just been so hard to find um that encouragement within yourself to go 
I'm going to try to play a little guitar today, or I'm going to sing some songs and of whatever. And it's just been a struggle. So since you asked, I'm just going to say anybody that's out there that's having a struggle with that, just know that you're, that you're not alone, but we need you. I need you. I need to be doing this. I need to be taking the time because eventually this thing is going to go away or it's going to diminish dramatically. And we're going to be back where we are. I mean, in a different way, you know, and we're going to want to hear your great songs and your great playing and, and all that sort of thing. And, um, but I've, I've had a, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to play a lot of, a lot of different kinds of musicals. I've got to uh, play drums in some musicals that I really had a great time on. I've gotten to play, uh, play guitar in a few musicals like Smoke on the Mountain. I got to play Johnny Cash several times in Ring of Fire. Um, that's amazing what hair and makeup will do. Uh, uh, but and a razor. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I used to sing a lot of uh, uh, jingles and, and commercials and things like that and demo singing when I lived in Nashville 100 years ago. And uh, yeah, so it's just all part of it. And it's so, you know what's cool, man, is I keep finding out that so many of these people that I work with in the anime world are a lot like me. They have so many other talents. You know, they, I mean, I've met some, some guys that were just monster guitar players. I didn't know this. They were, they just happened to be, voice actors too. Tyler Walker, for example, Tyler Walker is a great drummer. And he's the, one of the directors uh, at Funimation. Um, there's a, there's a, there's just a lot of people out there. Um, oh, there's a, uh, uh, there's a, <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm sure you wouldn't mind me mentioning it. Dave Trosco, who's a, a, a great voice actor out of, out of our area is a fantastic chef. Um, oh my god there's there's great it's so cool to to find find out that people have other talents and i've found that across the board most people that have a real skill in something usually are pretty good at something else (laughs) or at least adept in in something else um so yeah so anyway you know back to the music thing keep I keep I keep plugging away and one of these days maybe I'll have something to to put out there um or have uh have a show that you can come see me in uh yeah I mean we'll look out, we'll look out for that but you gave some pretty solid advice which speaking of advice the last two questions I want to ask you before the plug zone kind of go with you giving advice to aspiring actors or people who want to get in the entertainment industry because a lot of people who watch the show, yes, are here for the amazing guests like the one that I have right before me, but they also come because a lot of them are either wanting to be actors or get in the entertainment industry or already are and just want to know what to do next to get to the next level. So keep that in mind with the next two questions that I ask you. The first one of which is I want to know, Brian Mathis, how you deal with rejection. Like I always say, Rejection is a huge part in life, you know, no matter how you look at it. However, if there was ever an industry that I would argue rejection is most prevalent in, that's definitely your industry, which is, of course, the entertainment industry. So how do you, someone who's very successful in that industry, deal with rejection? Does it get any easier? Or if it doesn't, how do you kind of handle it and what advice you would give people watching to handle it? Oh man, that's that's a really good question, and I'll try to make it brief. Um, it's just it that's just a, a nature of the beast. Um, it's going to happen. Um, you're you're going to get cast in things that you feel so you're going to feel you're not going to get cast in things that you feel so sure that you. Are going to get going to book it. Um, you're also going to uh, get booked for things where you go, God, I gave a lousy audition on that. Why did they go with me on that? I mean, I'm so glad that I'm working, but you know, what did I do? Um, and I think those are I think those are valid questions that you should ask yourself. What did you do right? 
you know? Now, as far as rejection, it's not really, most of the time, I feel like it's not what you did wrong. It's just that what someone else did, you know? Um, someone made choices and approaches to a character that you didn't. Now, does that make it right or wrong? No, it, neither one. It means that the, the director went, hey, I like what Zach did on this audition because it was so brilliant and he brought a level to this character that I hadn't thought of. Mathis was pretty good and um, he just kind of gave me uh, one note throughout the whole thing. I like his voice, but Zach gave me a whole lot of exciting stuff. So as far as getting started, getting started I think is a, is a really broad word um, because um, what, what do you do and how do you do to get started? Well, if you've never had any acting experience, you gotta get some acting experience. You got to take some classes. Even if you wanna be a voice actor, you need to take some acting and improv classes because you need to know how to build characters and how to develop things. Um, crazy voices and things like that, those are gonna come. Those are gonna happen. Because um, not every voice actor does crazy, wacky voices. That's really not what it's about. It's about you telling the story. And if you happen to develop a sound for a particular character, great. But uh, the most important thing is to get some training and some experience. And somebody out there is probably going, well, when does that stop? It doesn't ever stop. You are going to be learning from other actors for the rest of your career. You're going to learn from younger actors. If you're smart, you're going to listen to younger actors who might have come up with new approaches for things. Um, you're, you're going to learn things in school. You're going to learn things about the environment and politics and uh, art world and uh, different things in your life that you're going to bring to the table as an actor. So um, experience and training are your friends. And, and ask questions. Ask questions. If you come across people that are working or are successful in it and you feel comfortable talking to them about it, then reach out to them. You know, talk to them how, how they can get, how, how you can get better. How can you start... Um, booking voiceover work or or acting jobs and things like that so well brian you're just too damn efficient because <laughs> my next question was any advice you give the folks watching at home who want to get into actors wow Ew. okay well then we have plenty of time for viewers comments and questions now but before <laughs> we get to that ladies and gentlemen if you haven't already plenty of you already have but if you're watching this live on facebook and haven't already message your viewers comments and questions either message it directly to VisionCon or put it in the live chat it's your last time to do so because, ladies and gentlemen, we're in the plug zone. Brian okay. Mathis, now is your opportunity to plug, promote, advertise, whatever verb you want to use, anything you want. The floor is yours, sir. Oh, let's see. Well, um, you can always catch me on Cameo. Uh, and I think they're running some holiday specials right now. Uh, I, I love doing those. Uh, Shout-outs to... Uh, for birthdays and anniversaries or, or anything. And uh, I really love doing those. And, uh, but that's, that's going on. Um, I, have, um, I have a couple of new shows coming out. Um, I'm pretty sure I can talk about them. <laughs> um, um, uh, Decadence, for one thing, is out. Um, that's, that's, uh, the character I'm playing is Monado and, uh, that's out there right now. Um, and, um, there's another show, uh, I'm not quite sure if that's been released yet, so I don't want to risk that and get my hands slapped. I, I know for a fact you're fine on Decadence because, uh, a couple weeks ago, Barry Yondell, um, yeah. Drop the ball on decadence as well. So yeah. I think you guys are fine for that one at least. Yeah, good, good, <laughs> good. Um, let's see. Um, and then 
if you guys want autographs and things like that signed, um, I think there's some links out there um, to put you in touch with uh, the companies that can put you in touch with me for either autographs of, of work or items and that sort of thing. Um, let's see, what else? Um, oh gosh, since we're, since you're, so many of yours are in uh, the pandemic mode, unfortunately and unfortunately, and you're looking for interesting things on Funimation, you can go back and find uh, one of my shows, uh, Rewrite, that I did with Adam Gibbs and Caitlin Glass. And that's a time travel show, and that's a lot of fun. Um, and if you're into the really weird, crazy uh, animes, I did another show with Jeremy Emmon called uh, Space Battleship Tiramisu. Space and, Battleship Tiramisu. That's yes. And uh, that that's a crazy little seven-minute episode show. Um, not to be confused with Space Battleship Yamato. Okay. The Star Blazers, um, which um, I also did that show as well. But uh, that's about all I have to plug. I don't have any other shows or anything coming up because of this crazy pandemic. But sure. hopefully it'll change soon. Where can the folks at home, you know, just to get their daily dose of Brian Mathis, can they find you on social media? Oh, man. Um, you know, I need to do a better job of giving daily doses. Um, I have uh, I have a couple places. I have I am on Twitter at Sing Act Drum on Twitter, um, and I am on Facebook. You can find my like page on Brian Mathis, actor singer, dr actor singer drummer. Um, my Facebook page, and I have an Instagram page that is at Brian Mathis 17 and um, I promise I will start doing a better job of, of uh, adding more content to those uh, platforms so uh, yeah I look forward to having you guys follow me well if you guys are watching this live on Facebook I have all of those links in the live chat or if you're watching this later on YouTube all the links are gonna be down in the description below and with that awesome. We're out of the plug zone and going right into viewers' comments and questions. So let me just give me a sec to pull up the messenger and we'll get started. Awesome. But, you know, I definitely have the autograph link in there as well. And that's definitely one I'm going to take, cool. uh, take advantage <laughs> of because uh, y'all know I love autographs. All right. So Jeremy is going to be our first question. Jeremy okay. came in and wanted to know, what are some of your favorite musical artists? Um, oh, man. Um, <coughs> my one of my favorite bands of all time is Rush from Toronto. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, because I, you know, I was I was a drummer for so long, and of course I was influenced by Neil Peart. And if I had one tiny little fingernails worth of talent that Neil Peart had, um, that would be amazing. That was one of my favorite bands growing up. And fortunately, I got to see uh, Rush twice. Um, twice um, oh, yeah. um <clears throat> and um, some of my one of my other favorite bands uh i love old country really old country music like from the 50s and the 60s um i also love um one of my favorite bands of all time is an irish scottish rock band called thin lizzy and um, they were not near as popular in the united states as they were in europe um Oh gosh, I've been digging a lot of Van Halen lately since Eddie passed. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to see um, Eddie twice, Oof. and um, just man, and oh god, that their early stuff is so brilliant. It's so brilliant, and um, I've been finding all these bootlegs of them that were pre nineteen seventy eight before they had a record deal, and oh. I'm amazed. I'm. I am I am baffled at Eddie's musicianship at like 19 years old and the uh the song structure and uh just just brilliant just brilliant uh but that's just I mean and I but I love all kinds of music I if you're ever in the car with me I'm I might be listening to the classical station one day and then I'm I'm listening to the old country station or I'm um I've, I've got Metallica clank, cranked up to 11, you know, so who knows? Who knows? 
Okay, so Monica tuned in and wanted to know, she says, hey, Brain, I'm pretty sure she meant Brian. It's okay, <laughs> uh, Monica, happens hey, all the Brian, time. Brian, um, how hard is it to do some of your characters' deeper voices? Which character is your hardest? And which, or how do you do, hold on, how, how do you fix your voice mm -hmm. after it's done? Okay. okay, I think I know what Monica is getting at. Okay. Great, that's a really good, really good uh, question. Um, so, like I said earlier, we have to be careful when we make a vocal choice, right? <laughs> So I had no idea when I recorded GARP for the first time that I would be basically bearing down on my voice and grinding it like that to get that sound. Um, my, my natural speaking voice is already kind of low. So when, when I get to uh, some of these lower voice characters, we have the, the, um, the lovely ability to let the microphone do a lot of the work. So when we've got, uh, when we're talking in a really low part of our register and uh, the mic is, you know, the gain is cranked way up and it's, take, and it's taking in all of the rich, creamy goodness coming out of our voice, um, you know, then, then that lends itself to the voice and that's pretty easy. When I do voices that are really difficult, like Garp, you know, um, there's been a few times, honestly, Monica, there's been a few times that I went out of the, got out of the booth and went, okay, I can't talk for another hour or two. I got to get a lot of water. I got to drink some hot tea because I have shredded my voice. And it's all because of the choice that I made because that's what Garp is going to sound like. So um yeah so that's <laughs> that's where we are well while we're on the topic of garp uh raylene tuned in and okay. wanted to ask what was your favorite scene to voice as garp oh man raylene that's a good question um i don't i don't know if i have a favorite scene but um two that are popping into my brain are um, one of the first uh, things that I recorded as Garp because I just remember it looking so strange to me because he had this, this like this tiger lion head dress thing on his head and he, he was eating donuts and he was falling asleep while he was eating donuts. And so I was, I just remember going, what, what is this guy? And why have I chosen to make him sound like this? And this guy is probably only going to be in one or two episodes. So it's going to be cool. So he'll, he'll just go away. No. Um, <laughs> and then the other ones that I think that stand out to me were the moments of where uh, the flashbacks when he's with, um, um, I don't know if he's with Luffy or when he's younger and he's actually having a real moment. He's having a real uh, honest to goodness chat. And those, and those were, those were great for me because I didn't have to sound so grizzled, <laughs> um, but I could just, I could just uh, speak in a, in a, in a, a more gentler tone without the, um, age and abuse yeah. on his voice um but uh probably the hardest thing is any time that he has to scream for luffy <laughs> is uh probably the most difficult thing <laughs> anytime that i've recorded garp in a session when every time i see in the script or it's just going luffy really long you know luffy <laughs> yeah god i can just hear it yeah <laughs> Oh, we got, oh. All right, and she also just tuned in and said, uh, you're so great. Keep up the good work as Garp. Thank you, Raylene. Thank you so much. I will say my personal favorite of you as Garp, real quick, is definitely because it's kind of where I'm at right now. And 
I want to say real quick, guys, everybody watching, if you're not caught up on One Piece, or at least not to this point, uh, you know, maybe uh, close it down and reopen it in about two minutes. Because um, big spoiler, when Akainu kills Ace, and Garp goes, and and uh, I believe Sengoku, Sengoku is the name of the character, uh, tackles him, and, and you say that uh, you better keep on me, because if not, I'm going to murder Akainu for killing Ace, you know, your pseudo-grandson. I don't know, that, that line just hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's viewers' comments and questions, but I wanted to chime in with that one. No, it's, no, it's good. I, I, I appreciate the attention to the details. Um, it's hard to keep up sometimes, you know. Um, um, it, you know, I, 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 <laughs> um, when, you, when, you start, when you start binging a lot of these shows, which a lot of us are doing right now, let's be honest, you get the you get the 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 pleasure of watching that story continue very rapidly, not even thinking about the fact that these episodes might have been recorded weeks or months apart. You know, so continuity for the voice actors is um, a little inconsistent. Um, because that, uh, there are times when I haven't recorded Garp in months or, uh, and I don't even remember what happened last time. So, uh, I've had to get, you know, caught up of, okay, this is what's happened since then. And you did that. This is what you were doing last time, but here we are, you know, uh, three years into the future and this kind of thing. So, um. But yeah, um, so it's, I'm, I'm sure it's interesting for the viewers that are, especially the ones that are binging mm. oh, episode yeah. after episode. So. All right, well, next I'm going to go. We have time for about two more questions, guys. Cool, uh, cool. My boy Chris, who said, hey, Brian, what was it like being the narrator for, and I'm probably going to butcher, butcher this, Sengoku Basara. Oh, the man, Chris, <laughs> you're the man. Wow, Sengoku Basara. There it is. Oh man, that was that that was a big role. That was a big role. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, uh, Chris Bevins directed that, and I loved that show. I was the narrator on that show, and I first of all, the show is beautiful to look at, and it's all you know, Shogun warriors and and all this, but they also have technology and. Uh, you know, 20th century, 21st century technology. It was really cool. Um, but man, I have never had to read so many Japanese names and places in my <laughs> life. And there were times that Chris Bevins had to spoon feed me how to say those words. And a lot of times when you listen to Sengoku Basara, you are hearing the one single take that I got right in uh, getting a Japanese name or place right. So, um, but thanks for watching that. I really, I really enjoyed that show, and I, I, I hope there's a lot of other people out there that are still enjoying it. Well, yeah, he just came back and said it's his favorite anime series. Oh, thanks, man. It's I think it's I think it's beautiful to watch, and I think it's very entertaining. All right, so. we got time for one more, and we're going over to Ryan, who tuned in and wanted to know what were some of your characters that you wish got more limelight or people knew about. Hey, Ryan, that's a good man. That's a good question. Ooh, um, well, let's see. Um, it would have been nice. It would have been nice if uh, if Mansum in Torico had if it if Torico had done better. It, it, I, th I don't know. I, I started to say maybe it was just too strange, which is an oxymoron with anime. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, but it was funny. I thought it was really funny. Um, and uh, let's see. There was a show I did called The Rage of Bahamut, and I played this kind of uh, drunken um, 
uh, uh, oh, what was his name? It kind of, it was named after a Greek god. Um, oh, I can't remember, but he was, I, I just thought he was an interesting guy and he was always drinking all the time and <laughs> um, drinking wine. Um, uh, I can't remember the character's name. Gosh, oh, I should know this. But anyway, um, let's see. What else do I wish that it um, had, had, had done a little bit more? Oh, um, he's actually pretty, pretty, pretty busy. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm having a good time with Priest in Black Clover. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a lot of fun. And he's, he's in a different part of my voice that um, uh, I don't explore very often. So uh, <laughs> he's very manic. So he's, he's, he's a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> and uh, is there anybody else? I'm sure I'm going to think about this as soon as oh, we're sure. done. I'm going to go, oh, wait, Zach, I forgot about this. Oh no, I always tell Chris. I think of a golden question as I'm like making dinner after we're done recording. I'm like, God damn it, I should have asked him that. But, exactly. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's about all the time we got for episode 39 of VisionCon Live. Now, before we wrap things up, Ryan, any final thoughts or sage-like wisdom to leave us on? Oh man. Just gosh, with this whole pandemic thing, man, just just be kind to people. Be kind and be more patient than you ever have in your life. And we're trying to we're trying to stay healthy and we want you to stay healthy. And the more healthier you are, the more healthier we are. And then we can all get back to work and we can all start doing the cons again. And we can make even better uh, uh, anime shows for you and that kind of thing. And that's about all I can say about that. Couldn't have said it better myself. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 39 of VisionCon Live. Thank you guys so much for watching. I, of course, am your host, Zach Wilson. But much more importantly, this has been my very special guest, Brian Mathis. Make sure to check out all the links down in the description box below. And until next time, guys, always remember that life's better when you have friends to share it with.